Hey there, Angry Faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me. Because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure, that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not-so-pretty face. Anyways, digressing, we, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast. We have a TikTok page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived, curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen. Open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Angry Faithful. Today on Psychos and Sociopaths, we got uh, Eric Tanzi from Failure Stock Podcast. The reason why I had you on here, and I'm glad you reached back out, is the basic fact is you're, uh, how how long, eight years or longer than that? Yeah, like eight years. Eight years, uh, Raleigh Police Department. And a lot of the cases that we, uh, we look through, I mean, the, the, I don't think it was uh, uh, the dating game killer, but it was uh, one of the uh, one of the serial killers. The cops showed up, saw what was happening. Uh, instead of go, uh, chasing after the guy, he thank God uh, went to the child that the guy was uh, the serial killer was raping and everything, and uh, resuscitated her, took care of her. The guy got off and ended up uh, uh, going uh, getting free for a couple of years. Now, go through the process of what uh, a beat cop, basically, anybody that's in a vehicle, I consider a beat cop, but is that is that a good term, terminology on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, you could say like a beat cop or um, like a, a street cop or field operations. Every, every town's like different, right? So like a big city cop is going to be a lot different and have a lot different protocols than like a small town cop does that make sense like a small town cop you can be like the town next to me where i live the juvenile sex crime detective Mm -hmm. is also the robbery detective and is also the patrol like the main patrol on night shift no that's uh, it's totally understandable (laughs) because uh because i'm in texas Uh, yeah and that's where we got the different. That's why I kept on saying central time frame. <laughs> yeah, I did. I get lost, man. I, you, I, you'd be surprised how many podcasts like we had a guest on yesterday and um, the times got all messed up because he was working off of central it, time and I was working off Eastern. So I'm flat, always paranoid. Was it the flat earth guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I just listened to that today when I was working. Oh, I'm still I, exhausted. I, I was, oh, I, was oh, I, I bet. I bet on, and you got to guys, you got to check these guys out on failure stop. I will keep on promoting these guys because he just pops up and he, he came on, but, uh, Wichita County is totally different because a lot of the smaller towns, like I think Electra doesn't have a police force. 
Right. Uh, Isle Park only has like one or two. And the sheriff's department, which my dad works for, he ends up going all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of like all depends, man. Like, you know, a street-level cop in Los Angeles, you know, might be better than the head homicide detective of, you know, BFE Alabama. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It makes total sense. This is usually just depending on the region. I mean, if I I took that LA cop and I put him in Florida Everglades and tell him all this crap, he would he would just scratch your head. I I think someone shot him, but there's alligators in there and (laughs) no, no. He yeah, like if you put that LA cop like in a rural county like where sheriff's department and there was like a domestic violence and his backup was 45 minutes away that cop might like not be very good at that job so i mean it's like like for me um like i talked to cops in the town that i live in and it blows my mind that two cops can run a whole town and that they they go to these calls a lot of times by themselves in raleigh our backup was within three minutes away all the time so you never really took calls by yourself per se i mean sometimes it might happen but like a lot of times you're like, well, dude, there's, there's somebody's always within like three minutes of me, but it's a lot different if you're going to knock on somebody's door and help is like 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away. Yeah. That might be really scary. Yeah, dude. I had a, I was like, I was coming off from work one time and there was uh, the whole, the whole situation. It was a drunk driver incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, she survived, but the person she hit didn't. And I got I got my med kit for my vehicle, started doing, uh, like, just taking care of uh, getting the blood and everything like that, which kind of, like, in past with that. It's still alive, but she was the one that killed this person. Right, uh, right. But me and, me and the cop went down, and we're trying to we, – we did everything. We busted up the window. We were – and it was, like, maybe about two to three minutes more to where – the, uh, more cops showed up and fire department showed up and everything yeah. like that, and everything's like centralized but on on stuff like that i mean what is uh when when you show up for like uh, you never made detective or anything like that but i don't know if you're gonna know this but uh what what steps would you go along the lines of actually processing a scene so for like for the Raleigh police department, like we have a saying that in the, in the Raleigh police department, like the way they train you is like every officer is a detective um, and every detective is an officer first. So um, a way it works in, in field operations from where I came from, you handled a scene until you didn't have any more assets to handle it. And then you pass it off to a detective. So if you're a good cop, you would be passing a case off to a detective that the detective can pretty much solve really quickly. Like you should be able to show up to a scene be able to collect some evidence, have CCBI come out and do all the photographing. And you should be able to write such a good report that when that comes on the detective's desk, he's like, okay, well, that's Mario Sanchez and he fled to Durham. And so we're going to send guys out there to get, you know, um, a, a cop, basically a beat cop can work a case as far as that cop can work it. Now, if you're super slammed and busy and you just don't have time to work it because you're going call to call to call, you might pass off that those calls really quickly to a detective. But for the most part, your beat cops are going to do as much work as physically possible so that when it goes on the detective desk, you don't look like a lazy piece of shit or you're never going to make detectives. Now I never put in for detective um, because I, I don't want to wear a suit and tie to work every day. 
I don't want to carry around a, a folder and a clipboard every day and just question people about like, I want to be the cop that's actually out on the street. You know, if a cop has if a, if a detective have a suspect, who do you think is going to go arrest the suspect? Yeah. It's the it, cops. It's it, it. No matter what, you're going to have cops doing it. It's not the movies. Like I love it. Like when the detectives in these movies, they call the SWAT team and then they get in like, so they call the SWAT team. And the SWAT team shows up with all this gear, the helmets and the rams and the machine guns and the flashbangs and all the things. And then this detective that has no equipment at all gets in front of the SWAT team and then makes entry into this house. And it's like, well, why, why did you call all those dudes with all that cool shit if you were just going to go on that motherfucker by yourself anyway? So, like, it's not how it works in real life. In real life, a detective goes out, he goes down to the, the judge or the courts, pulls out a warrant for an arrest. And then he uploads that warrant to another beat cop, their warrant bag. So like, let's say you are a detective and you've, you've got an arrest to be made and I show up to work. I might log onto my computer and I might say I have three or four warrants in my beat bag. And one of them might be for, you know, a domestic violence case or, or whatever case that a, a detective has pulled warrants out on. And then I'm going to go make that arrest. However, I might, if I want to use the SWAT team, I might call the SWAT team. If I just want to use like three other cops, I'll call three other cops. Um, but it's really like on us. So that's why I never really put in for detective because I want to be the guy that's like calling other people to like, I want to be the guy that's kicking in the fucking door and put handcuffs. Well, well, like uh, today's podcast that just came out is you like the uh, tactical side. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I just, you know, being a beat cop is just so much more fun for, for me. Like, I don't know, like I, I like being around human beings all day long. I like being able to problem solve and to help. And, and when you're a B-cop man, you might go from a domestic violence call where you're mediating a relationship to somebody who's been stabbed and you're trying to save them life and then turn around and go right to a, an accident like you did on the side of the road where you're, you know, trying to process, a, you know, a scene, a crash scene, you're doing the crash reconstruction. And then you might leave there and you might go to the elementary school because some kid told uh, the teacher to suck his dick. And the teacher didn't like that. And so she called 911 you know um that's so much better than being a detective and then going into a cubicle and having a stack of folders that you know you don't have a choice you have to start knocking those things down and people are pissed off because you're not solving their case fast enough and you know it's i, I never wanted to any of that bullshit so yeah. um but in in the question that you had originally was i guess in this case a b cop showed up and the uh serial killer took off running yeah, uh, what happened was is uh, the serial killer ended up uh, running as soon as uh, uh, the cop ended up uh, taking care of the child that he was. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you should always go to the victim first, for yeah. sure. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to catch the bad guy. Nine times out of 10, right? So like if you're yeah. a poker, and being a cop, you, you have to be a good poker player to be a cop because you're constantly gambling. Did he go right or did he go left? Yeah. 50-50 shot. You know what I mean? Um. You're, you're constantly like trying to outweighs the pros and cons to what you're going to do next. And, and, you know, if I take this person to jail, was it this person that really started the fight and you're going off of, you know, a lot of times as a comic, it's very confusing because you can go to these cases and you got witnesses, but witnesses aren't always good and witnesses aren't always good people. So racism is, is really big. You know, if you're in an all black side of town and a white person hits a black person, there's a good chance that all those witnesses know the person that they hit and they might all tell a completely different story. But now you've got like five people from one culture saying that the person from the other culture is at fault. And the other person from that other culture is like, uh, no. And now you're trying to have to say like, is this racism? Is it like, 
you know, they're all coming together because that's just culturally how this side of town works, or is this person at fault? And now you're doing a lot more to try to solve the case. And, um, you know, so you're always taking a gamble, but nine times out of 10, you're going to catch the bad guy later down the road. He's going to leave some kind of crazy evidence behind, or, you know, like nine times out of 10, do we win because we're not smarter. It's just criminals are more dumb. Does that make sense? No, that makes so, perfect sense. Always go to the victim first. So what you're telling me, I watched this documentary just recently. It was called Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. You're telling me that stuff is in Wait, it. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> great movie, by the way. It was a great uh, movie. One of the greatest documentaries of all time. Dude, I rewatched <laughs> re that. I was like, I watched the whole thing. And after, you know, doing like, uh, but mind you, I, I, I was never in the police force. I was only a correctional officer. I was never... That's the reason why I wanted uh, someone from a police force background. But the after like doing ta uh, learning tactical stuff from a lot of people and everything like that, I rewatched that movie. I'm like, why is he doing? Why is he doing? Why why are you doing? Yeah. Dear God, what what is going in through your? Then I just realized it was the '80s, and it was yeah. just they they did weird stuff. Yeah, that's a great movie though. Uh, yeah. I can I, still hear like the clanking at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yes. And that, that car. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not. It's definitely not. Unfortunately, it's not like the documentary Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, the, 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 another big, uh, uh, thing that a lot of people get wrong is, uh, I mean, we did look at a couple of things in like, uh, Texas Rangers here, uh, are different breed of mm -hmm. law enforcement because, uh, well, back in the 70s, and not really until like uh, 2001 after the 9-11 uh, attacks, where a lot of the times different departments weren't like coordinating together, like yeah. uh, FBI, ATF, all kinds of stuff. And there's, I mean, I just got done uh, having a conversation with a guy that uh, his family was down in Waco during the uh, David uh, yeah, and funny thing uh i found about that is as uh, as a kid he used to uh pick up like uh uh shell casings and bullets still that are still good from there so i didn't know that <laughs> that's how that's much wild. That, yes think about how much ammo was blasted in that whole fucking place and then he's just going around there and just picking it up because he 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 said he'd get like boxes of ammo whenever he needed it oh yeah uh but the departments nowadays somewhat uh, coordinate. The FBI agent just doesn't come in and say, "This is my case now," and no. they mm -hmm. they more or less coordinate and everything like that. Now, federal the, the FBI is really only there, like the FBI only gets involved again, like when you don't have enough, when you don't have any more assets available to you. So, like if you're a small town, right, and your homicide detective has solved like two homicides in like seven years. And there's a really strange homicide. You're, the FBI is probably going to get involved because the FBI has way more, like whatever field agent they send there, it's going to have way more experience and way more assets. But when you're in a city like Raleigh or Tampa, Florida, or Orlando, or Los Angeles, or, you know, one of the you know, bigger cities, the FBI is probably going to rely on the city more than the city's going to rely on the FBI, meaning that the FBI might have a case. And let's say the FBI is doing a case on, I don't know, something stupid like uh, 
stolen food stamps or I don't know, I, you know, something like something like it's a I federal. Think they, I think there's only one case uh, that we had, like I, I remember of uh, uh, FBI coming and it was like a hate crime uh, against a uh, uh, African-American church. That was yeah. It. Yeah. That, they might work a, a hate crime just because, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know much about Wichita, Texas or wherever the fuck you're from. Uh, is that a big town or is that small? Uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. We have Shepard Air Force Base right next to us. Uh, oh, I don't know. I've never heard of Shepard's Air Force Base. Uh, is well, it big or small? We're about 45 minutes away from Fort, uh, well, how big is Wichita? Like how, like, like people it's like, wise, uh, people wise, probably about a hundred thousand. Oh yeah. Okay. It's, so, it's a decent sized town. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's like I said, it all goes to, on, on kind of what town it is, but like, I know for like Raleigh, like, you know, I, I assisted the FBI lots like, Hey man, you work this beat. Yeah. This is my beat. Hey man, I'm looking for this dude. This is what he looks like. This is what he goes by. Uh, I got warrants for X. Do you mind if, you know, I work with you and try to find this guy? Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's like, fine. We'll start questioning dudes and I'll go out on the street and I'll have that guy's cell phone number and I'll go run by all my, my contacts and my CIs or confidential informants or people that owe me shit. And I'll talk and I'll call him and I'll, you know, you know, and I'll guide him into where the house is at. And then he and I would probably go serve that warrant together. If not, he might say, Hey, can you, can you grab that guy? And I might call two or three other field cops and we might go grab that guy and then just drive him over to whatever facilities at. So it's just, it's all like, I guess like depending on what, what the crime is and what, what your assets are and everybody works together. But it, you know, it is difficult working with other agencies because everybody's different. It's not so necessarily the agency that might be fucked up. It might just be the agent that's fucked up. Cause you know, you might have an agent that's like, oh, I'm the FBI. I know everything. And, and he might be a real dumbass and he kind of fucks things up and doesn't utilize uh, his resources very well. And he's tromping around in your area and he doesn't have, uh, you know, his credentials showing and it might cause confusion and chaos. Cause he's, you know, frankly being a cunt, but that, um, that never happens. I mean, we didn't have like an ATF almost get arrested anytime soon did we no there wasn't one that just got like proned out on the ground that was like trying to serve a warrant and made a viral video and by the way that dude is a cunt by the way oh yeah oh yeah if a fucking cop points a gun at you just obey him like that's the crazy thing all these people that get shot black white hispanic old young whatever they all have one thing in common none of them are obeying what the cops are asking them to do if somebody's pointing a gun at you and they tell you what to do probably a good idea to fucking do it so you don't get shot yeah, I I was like I got pulled over going to the tack one time and uh uh he was a good guy. He was a uh, DPS, pulled me over. I I stopped. I did the brake check too fast and he was coming towards me. So that's how I got pulled over. But I mean, after a while, I I spent about 20 30 minutes just talking with the guy just uh shooting the shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, that guy was a douchebag. Um and yeah, I <sighs> cops should have shot him. Made a point. <laughs> <laughs> shoot that dumbass um guy goes that i would have beat the fucking brakes off that guy to be honest with you i i i can't believe i can't believe someone would it, i would have pepper sprayed him at least like i know i couldn't get away with just like hammer fisting him a whole bunch of times so he's on the ground but i would have been like you're not gonna get on the ground you're not gonna get on the ground i would whip that pepper spray out and hosed his ass i'm not down. After after getting uh, pepper spray, uh, doing corrections, I'll just keep the pepper spray in my hand, and if it doesn't go off when I punch them, then I'm good. Yeah, 
Oh gosh. Yeah. No, I'm spraying that guy. That guy needs to live with like two days of agony for being done. Do you know what happened with that case? I never even followed up back on. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm going to, I need to follow back up on that case. Uh, I hope that asshole got fired. So far they're keeping it on the down low as of right now. What an embarrassment. Uh, uh, was he ATF or FBI? Yeah, was ATF. What a fucking joke. The ATF needs to go away anyway. The problem with the ATF, and I shouldn't say that because I do know some ATF agents that, you know, I think are really good people. But like, as a whole, there's nothing the ATF does that like street level cops can't do. Yeah. Like, there's no reason ATF needs to go. Like, if an ATF has a warrant for your arrest, just call the local cops in that jurisdiction and have them go take care of it. There's no reason the ATF needs to be knocking on your door for any reason. Sit in the office build your case and then have a real cop go deal with it. Yeah. You're, you're ATF. Right. You're not a real cop. You, you're, you're honestly absolutely right. There's cer- uh, certain divisions and everything. I, I don't even reason why they're freaking uh, uh, around. I was like uh, my job when I was in the military with services, my job was a cook, uh, fitness, morale, basically morale stuff, honor yeah. guard and mortuary. It was one thing. Yeah. Separate all that stuff. Yeah. Then where are you gonna go? I mean, it's why why go to Z just to get to uh, F? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a funny case. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up on the show, man. I might follow back up on that and uh, deep yeah, dive that one because uh, I think that's really important. Like, ever the job is hard enough. We should be making it hard on each other. It's like corrections, right? If I go down to corrections and I got a dude that's being a, a, a douchebag and you don't want to deal with it just because you're having a bad night, like don't just automatically assume that me, the cop is having a great night. Like we got to work together. It, like I hate going down to corrections and then being like them catching attitude with me for whatever reason, because they're having a shitty night. It's not like it's my fault. It's not like I said, you know what? I want to find the drunkest motherfucker to bring into your, into your jail tonight. But sometimes you walk in with that drunk motherfucker and all the corrections guys are like, look at this asshole. This motherfucker's bringing in this drunk piece of shit at 4 a.m., you know, and then they're all mad at you. And I'm like, look, I'm not the one that got drunk as shit tonight. He did. Yeah. And I'm not the one that like went and found him. Like somebody called 911 and I had to go and deal with him. And now you have to deal with it because it's your job too. Like we all got to work together. But for some reason, like us in law enforcement, we all like to like, you know, have dick measuring contests or like, I don't know, shit on each other. I mean, I see shit on troopers a lot and stuff like that. But, um, I always loved corrections and I always treated corrections very well because at the end of the day, they are the gatekeeper and yeah. who knows one day I might end up in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's like, uh, the episodes you, you put out just to have cops, like have something to talk to, uh, mm-hmm. when you're like at a barbecue and everything like that. It's the same thing with us. I mean, when we get, when we get off of work and everything and we got like, cause our, the uh correctionals uh here in texas the uh uh department of uh criminal justice it's four on four off we work 12 hour shifts for four days and four days off but we get together and everything like that like everybody else but all we Mm want to talk about is like you know i got this inmate did did this and i got this inmate. yeah just want to do shit at me dude i really just want to fucking just drink this whiskey and not even think about that bullshit yeah, that's when you just like they're like, man, I had this one inmate, and you'd be like, dude, do you have any have any inmates that uh that believe in flat Earth? I was just listening to this flat Earth asshole, blah blah blah. Do you know people <laughs> actually fucking believe that the Earth is flat? Like this, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. That's what that show is all about, though. It's like to kind of give you something to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's, when that's people fun. start 
talking about the job, you can turn it, you can turn them off, you know, or, or if, uh, if you, you have- know, frankly, these things are fun to talk about with your significant others, you know, like yeah. you're sitting on the couch, you know, you can be like, Hey honey, listen to this dickhead talk about the earth being flat. You know, uh, my wife and I actually today, uh, I've been working all day. I've been, I'm, I'm writing a book. I've been writing a book for like three years. And my wife like gave me an ultimatum. She was like, you're finishing that book this week or I'm not giving you any sex for like whatever, you know? So I've been doubling down, getting up extra early. And today she's like texting me about like, is this picture of the earth real? And all this, stuff. <laughs> like we just been going back and forth about this flat or, or stuff. I'm like, Dude, I'm or, 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 or some idiot decides to listen to other people and figure out if uh, dildo makes a good suppressor. That makes me smile though, because anything that has to do with phallic objects, I'm into. <laughs> yes. I'm not gay. But like, if there's a good dick drawing, like if somebody tags a building with a dick, like I want to see a picture of that shit. If you oh, put yeah. a dildo on the end of a cannon, I want to see that shit. Like my buddy's on, still on the SWAT team at the rally and, and uh, they booted a door a couple months ago and they sent me a picture and it's a dresser and the dick, there was like a, a dong, like a dick, you know, the, like the one that you put on your suppressor, a white yeah, yeah, yeah. Caucasian dong. But this one was like brown as shit, this dong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, like near the ground on a dresser. And he just sends me this picture. And I was like, you could tell it was like a dong that had shit all over it. And I was like, gross. What is that from, dude? And he was like, bro, we kicked this door in this morning on a no-knock warrant. And this dude was riding. He was on all fours riding this, like, <laughs> open this dong. And we were like, get on the ground. He's like, oh, I can't. I got in there. Like, we didn't see the dung. We we're like, get on the fucking ground. He's on all fours. And he's like, I got a dog. And they were like, get on the ground. But he got off of the dung so fast that I guess like the fear and the motion of getting your ass. I don't know. My ass, I've never had a dildo in my ass, but it like projectile. He projectile shit on the dong as he was like leaving the dong. <laughs> Did they got video of that? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's like body camera footage of it and shit, but all, oh, he just sent me a picture of the shit covered dong on the dresser. Oh my God. But the dude was like on all fours on his knees. And I guess he had like a, there was like, there was another thing on the ground. I asked what that was. And he says, I don't know. I think it's so his knees didn't get rug burned. And I was like, get the fuck. Out of here. <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, I had to ask, I was like, was it a white dude or a black dude? <laughs> and he was like, it was a black dude. And he's like, why? Question mark. And I was like, it's a white dong. I don't know. It's like, is that a thing? Is, is it like, to like i don't know like some white dudes right might want a black girl they might want an asian girl are gays kind of the same way i don't know a lot about gays so i'm like are gays like man i want to like are black gays like man i want to i want a white dick you know what i mean i'm thinking or you just buy the dong that's on sale yeah it's always the white ones because they're smaller i've been wanting to do a skit and using the word phrase hate crime and it it just ends up like uh it's a gay couple Mm-hmm. Uh, the black male is the like the female style and everything like that, and he's born okay. as a uh, white male, and his white male is in the clan. Oh, and what they do is he. It, so it would be like the black the black dude or woman or whatever it is is like fantasizing that he's butt raping a Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah, that's fucking cool, dude. I just I can't. That would just blow that. minds. That would be a great yes, meme. yes. I've been uh, like I, we do role different. like your meme is like we do role play a little different. Yeah, we don't king yeah. shame. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was I, I the hard thing about it is, is I uh I was talking to uh yeah so is that racist like, like is it racist I if know. I made my wife do black like uh blackface 
because I fantasize about having sex with a black girl because it wouldn't necessarily be being racist because I would be fantasizing about having a, a an African-American woman. Yeah. So is that racist then? It, 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 it totters the line. Like a lot of things like ended up tottering the line. Like uh, the Japan has these uh, face masks, uh, face masks that are like super real. It's like face off. You're taking another person's face and putting it on. Ew. Well, uh, we were, <laughs> We I'm going to get a Casey Anthony one for my wife. <laughs> hey, on, can you look like Casey Anthony for me tonight? <laughs> Put this on a really real her. <laughs> I just really want to like, I really want to just make love to you and <laughs> smash your vagina. Like you smashed your child. No, I'm just kidding. So well, we're talking, we were talking about uh, uh, these masks and everything. Cause you basically is like, Hey, I'm going to take your face. I'm going to mm-hmm. go rob a bank. They're going to mm. uh, think it's you. The only problem with us doing this, because it, it was part of the podcast, we're we're going over what what we're gonna uh, what we're gonna talk about and everything. The only problem we had was there was a cop right behind us that was listening the entire time. I mean, he was like, and I was like, I was like, you know what? Fuck this! I got this. He's like, what? I'll just give him a free mail. He'll forget everything we just said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buy that. Do some Chick Fil A. He'll shut the fuck up about it. Oh He's yeah. Like, oh, you're gonna go rob a bank? Nah, it's fine. Just give me some yeah. of that Polynesian sauce. Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, I told you it was only going to be thirty minutes. We're at the twenty-eight minute mark, and I know you're busy today. I'm good. I got fifteen minutes left till my next. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm good. So, uh, the, there's another thing. I actually wanted to. I'm, I'm going to either do this myself or uh, see if y'all want to do a, a collab on this one. Is uh, a truck driver murders. Uh. There is there's this thing I found out. It was like a LA Times article. I'll send you the article. And it was about uh truck drivers, uh uh serial killers, I guess. Right. And what it is is the the theory of the whole thing that the FBI said was the basic of they can go they can pick up somebody from like New York, go yeah. two states over, yeah, kill the person, go three states yeah. over, up the body. Yeah, but uh, there's another, uh, and the reason why I started getting uh, getting into that wasn't the whole uh, the truck with the uh, uh, immigrants. Was uh, this guy was talking to me? He's like, "Hey, you got to do a show about truck drivers. They're they're finding dead bodies on the routes, like all the time." Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was? What is something like that when you have uh, uh, something like that? where the dead body's probably not even from that same state or anything yeah like that 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 would be like you know that's where your detective like you know gets a boner because he's like yeah i finally got one of these cases where you know i got a body and nobody knows who it is you know because if a fuel cop you know i drive up on something like that i'm like i don't know who this guy is i don't know how his body got here and i don't have the resources or the time to deal with it and that's when you know that's when all your detectives a lot of detectives probably show up to that um like I don't a, know, man. Like, like a bodyguard, for, uh, uh, a bouncer uh, from just what Roadhouse, basically. Yeah, you know, that's it, it, um, you know, I, I those cases happen. I I worked a case one time where um, my partner, her name was Red, and um, and she's about six foot four. She's a very pretty girl. She was a basketball player, and um, and and she, and she was 
a hell of a CrossFit athlete and a fighter. And, and so we were beat partners. We didn't ride together. We rode together a lot, but not every night, you know, sometimes we took separate cars and shit like that. We would just, you know, patrol together like wingman type deal split up and then, you know, always be within like three or four minutes of each other. But uh, one night she got a call and it wasn't a call because it was like, if, if it's not, if Raleigh's so busy that if you don't want to tie up the radio traffic, sometimes dispatch will just type on your computer, a call for you to go to that. Okay. If she feels like the rest of the city doesn't need to know you're going to this. So it was a nature unknown that there was a Facebook post about a body being behind we Bob's grocery store, which is a pretty prominent little grocery mart, not a grocery mart, but more of like a convenient mart in the middle of the ghetto, but it's surrounded by people. I mean, it's a busy fucking thing all the time so they had sent her a message that said that there was a body behind wee bobs and so she calls me on my cell phone and she's like hey can you meet me over at wee bobs real quick i said yeah sure what do you got she goes well i just got this weird message from dispatch that there's a facebook post and there's a body behind wee bobs and i was like oh why wouldn't they put that over the radio because i feel like it's probably something we should all know about and they're like she's like i don't know but she's like i don't want to go to it by myself will you come with me and I was like, yeah, I got you. I'll meet you over the parking lot. So I drive over to the parking lot. We walk around the backside of the building and there's a little tiny trail. We walk down the trail and sure as shit, dude, there's a body there with a fucking bullet hole right in the head. And, um, and so, you know, we back out, we call the detective. We're like, man, we got a body back here. You know, we, we don't have any, we don't have any witnesses or anything at this point. Anyway, some guy, long story short, a guy comes out of, uh, out of the, uh, the crowd of human beings and starts, oh, I apologize for that. He starts to, uh, you know, cry and, and piss and moan and says that that's his brother-in-law that, that's been found dead. And I'm like, well, how do you fucking know it's your brother-in-law? Like, I, who's seen this body that would know? And so anyway, I end up putting him in my car and I end up driving him to his house to go get grab a cell phone charger. And then he was going to go to the detective station with me. I ride around with this cat for like 45 minutes. Come to find out like two hours later, he was the fucking killer. And when he went to the house to get his charger, he never grabbed a charger. He just got rid of the gun that he shot the dude with. Holy shit. So I drove around with this motherfucker with a gun on him that just murdered the dude in the back, in the back of Wee Bob's. Did you get any shit from that? Isn't that crazy? You didn't get any shit from that? And you just driving around with that guy? Yeah. I mean, I got a stern talking to you. I mean, it's fine that I drove around with the guy, but like, I didn't search the dude to put him in my car. So I got a little slap on the wrist for that. I mean, I wrote, I actually put that, that whole story in my book. Um, Cause there's a little bit more to that story too. That makes that story even more ridiculous. Like it's more God. unbelievable. So it's a little bit longer story, but the guy had basically baited me in that he knew something and that he and I were going to solve this case together. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's just get you down to the detective station. And he was like, no, no, no. He's like, let me go here first. And I was like, man, I can't. He's like, well, do I have to be in your car? And it was like one of these things where it's like, no, I didn't have anything to detain him with because he was just a cooperating witness. And I was like, dude, if I let this guy go, the detectives are going to kill me. So I was like, all right, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, let me go get my, my phone charge. It was just a, a longer story of why we went yeah. to the different apartments. And I just didn't want to lose the guy because he was a cooperating witness. Find out he wasn't just cooperating witness. He was the Wait, You mean to murderer. tell me that no, no, the cops are like super cops and they know the suspect right then and there? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean... You're not once you go in and you put the badge on, isn't it like like a superpower type deal? And you know all the suspects and everything. You know, it's funny that like society, the society gives cops like a lot of crap, but also like I think one thing society doesn't understand is that 
everybody lies to the police sometimes for no reason especially in the ghetto you never know who's telling the truth and they're so people are so good at lying i was not allowed to lie as a child so i'm a terrible liar if i cheated on my wife she would know within 30 minutes probably because i would just tell her i cheated on her because there's no way i could keep a secret but if i didn't tell her i would still just like accidentally come out with it be like yo let me grab uh let me grab that meatball uh, I'm really hungry because I just fucked down their check. I mean, I'm really, you know what I mean? Like, but these people that you meet on the street, man, they can lie about anything and yeah. they can convince you. So when you have somebody telling the truth, you never really know if they're telling the truth because you've been duped so many times where you've like really trusted a, like a witness. You're like, man, that sounds crazy. That sounds like, you know, they witnessed this crazy rape and you're ready to lock this guy in jail for days. And then all of a sudden something breaks in the case where one, that person wasn't even there Two, that person didn't rape that other person. And three, this whole thing started over a, a Facebook feud of some, you know, and, and you're just like, Oh my God, I invested 12 hours wanting to go murder this dude for raping this chick. And he didn't even murder him. But at the same time, he lied to me about where he's been all day. So yeah. you've just got lies everywhere. What was that? That was another case we went over is, uh, the Texas Rangers ended up using this one guy like because he was already on death row anyways. So he yeah. just admitted like more crimes and everything. Oh, that was the guy that was in New York and he admitted to like, oh, no, it was in Texas. And yeah, he admitted to Texas all Rangers. of these serial killings and he kept getting, but he kept getting like milkshakes and shit for it. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah, be yeah. like, yo, if you can just get me a vanilla milkshake from Wendy's, um, you know, and then they find out after you know, I, I, however many months of this dude just ripping off no, it these was different here. murders that are like, they're like, this motherfucker is just admitting to shit so he can get another fucking milkshake or a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was years. But I don't think they ever figured out who he killed and who he didn't kill. Uh, they, they figured out like five. That and the reason why they figured out five was because a dude in New York confessed to killing like three or four people. And they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They, they called Texas and they're like, Hey, we got this dude here in New York. That's and now I'm getting the whole story. Cause I, I did a, a breakdown of this. He called, they called New York calls Texas. And they're like, Hey man, we got this dude that's saying that he murdered such and such. such and, such. and they're like, uh, Nope, actually we're working a case where we got to go on death row. And they had to pit the two death row mates together to try to figure out which one was telling the truth. Find out that like five of those murders were cleared by DNA from this asshole in New York. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Yeah. It, it, it's, and that's the reason why, uh, I was like uh, the my other host and everything like that. I was like, I think it's just late. I was like, no, I think there's more into it. That's the reason why I wanted to uh, get with an actual uh, cop and everything like that. I've been wanting to do, get a get a cop on the show for a long time, and uh, but it sometimes because I work corrections and there's just sometimes you just you go. Do you, oh, you get duped? Do you get duped by those guys and their stories? Like you know, everybody you rest wasn't the guy who did it right like i'll give you a quick example i went to jail one time and i got this dude on a misdemeanor violation of marijuana like a dime bag of marijuana like 10 grams or something stupid and i arrested him like took him down to the jail but i didn't arrest him for the 10 grams of marijuana i we i that's what i had to take him right then but he was the main suspect as a, a homeless dude that may or may not have uh, tried to rape this chick and at like box cutter point. Well, I end up catching this guy 
And I wasn't getting a confession. I wasn't able to get any video footage. The detectives were still working on it. And he wasn't coming off of anything. And so, but he did have 10 grams of weed. And I think he lawyered up or something. I don't remember the whole facts of the case. But I was like, well, that's okay. Because you're not going to just go away. I'm going to take you to jail for marijuana. He's like, what do you mean? It's only 10 grams. I'm like, yeah, but marijuana is an arrestable offense. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, so I'll just take you down to the jail. Well, when you get down to the jail, he goes and tells everybody that I've arrested him for 10 grams of weed and that this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that dude ended up getting like, he ended up getting guilty of this alleged or, or this attempted rape. Mm-hmm. And dude, he for like two years straight would not come off the story that he was in prison, that he was in jail for two years. He was writing letters and they were bringing up at like city meetings and stuff that we've got a guy locked away for 10 grams of weed because his initial arrest says 10 grams of weed, but they don't look at the following indictments. Oh yeah. Of like rape, you know? So how, how do these guys with you, how many of them try to convince you that they're totally innocent and that you almost fall for it? Or, or you, maybe you, maybe you believe them. I don't know. Well, it, it's one of those things where me, I've, I've been around people that, told tall t- i got a uh, i have a friend of mine that was a uh a sniper in the navy and he was uh, a doc he, he was just uh uh he was just a, a medic so i have i've grown up with people not not believing uh being so gullible on uh right sales and everything like that so i was perfectly uh, perfectly job but some sometimes you get somebody like look at uh, you go back and you look at the evidence and everything like that. Like uh, there was one guy at the all red unit that I was working at. Uh, and and this is actually a popular thing is the guy that uh, he was in his cell and he killed, killed pedophile. Yeah. Good for him. Justified. He was, he was in the all red unit. What had happened was he was busted for drunk driving initially when he went to jail. <laughs> People don't get what, what what he. This is the second pedophile he's killed. The first pedophile was when he was in jail. He was in jail, and this uh, one of the inmates just kept on boasting about how many uh, how many kids he's uh, raped. And <laughs> he, this guy was just drunk. He would have been left. He would have been gone like twenty four hours. Yeah. And he murdered the guy. So he murdered, yeah. even though he murdered a, a pedophile, which he shouldn't have gone scot free in my book. Yeah, uh, he went to he went to the all run unit. He was in for like sixteen, seventeen years, and then Jesus. they put him again with another pedophile. And he said, "He's like, hey, listen, uh, this guy's a pedophile. I don't want to be in the same cell." But people in there weren't listening or anything like that. Yeah, so, tell me, he killed another one. He killed another one. Fuck yeah, dude! This guy's my hero. I would get, I, like if I was the warden of the jail, every pedophile would go in that guy's cell. I'd, like just rack him up, dude. There's there's so much. There's so. Well, much. That sucks. You go to jail for like an overnight DUI, and you end up going to jail for 16 years because you yeah whack a pedo. But you know what, dude? Like that's what's what, I mean, that's what, like maybe he's like an angel of God at that point. Yeah. What's really weird about uh, dealing with the outside. Uh, outside criminal uh criminal stuff and dealing with the inside criminal stuff is like uh my first shakedown on a cell was with a pedophile and the only reason why i knew of pedophile it was stacks of something uh from the internet something called uh uh tickle me website <laughs> they're fully clothed and everything like that and i took it up to the front desk i was like listen 
Yeah. This was in his cell. Oh, are they clothed? Well, yeah, they're they're fully clothed. Take them back. What the fuck, like, dude? Fuck. I was I was so fucking pissed. I would accidentally have thrown those away. They didn't make it for some good. Yeah, I, 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 I slipped and fell. It or was, I'd be like walking I, through the hallways and like drop it like in front of like another cell of like hardened gang members and be like, oh shit, I dropped the pedophile's fucking books with all of his little teeny bopper shit in there. But hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. I got another no, no, show. No. I gotta be be on yeah, here yeah, shortly. Yeah, yeah. But no. uh, anytime, dude. If you you got my number. Uh, yeah. If you guys got any cop questions or if you need a cop to help you break down a case, dude, I'm always, uh, I always love coming on other podcasts and helping out whatever, whatever it takes, man. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for coming on, man. All right, man. Have a good night. Cheers.